Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. Be sure to check us out on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Click that subscribe button and leave a comment. Anyways, I got my guy Q in here. I'm your host, Kyle Cogbatori. And let's begin with the NBA draft, Q. What are you thinking? Man, it was a very interesting draft. Um, just going by the, the lottery picks, there were some guys in there that I didn't even know were lottery picks. <laughs> and, I mean, congratulations to all those guys. No, I did not see Cole Anthony dropping to 15 to the Magic. I thought he was at least top 10 caliber. But um, another congratulations to those guys. And, you know, look forward to seeing a lot of new young talent, you know, thrive in the NBA. You know, it, it was a weird draft because I thought there was going to be some blockbuster trades. And we didn't really have anything crazy at all go on. I mean, what was the biggest trade really? Ricky Rubio coming back to the Wolves? Yeah, I'd say that. I mean, obviously with the draft, that was the biggest trade. But, you know, outside of that, you know, we got Chris Paul making his his way over to uh, Phoenix. You know, we got some other pieces moving. And, you know, it's it's a unique time right now, especially with COVID. Yeah. So Anthony Edwards comes to Minnesota, which was kind of an odd pick if if the Wolves knew that was their guy waiting to the last minute to make that choice. That's a little odd. I wonder if Anthony feels some type of way, the Ant-Man. Um, if, if I was him, I'd be like, damn, if you wanted me, why didn't you let the world know from the beginning? I agree. I felt like I don't know if that was a potential pick or a let's – squeeze him into our our roster type of pick but honestly if i were a part of that organization i would have went two or three first i would have went wiseman or ball before edwards just because i guess the the type of team that the timberwolves have i think wiseman would have fit in well with cat and them on the same them on the same team on the floor at the same time would have been a, a problem. I don't know about Edwards because he's, I mean, he's not a shooter, but he's a scorer potentially. And, you know, he, he's, he has a high motor, but I think James would have fit in well with cat, you know, them two being on the floor at the same time would have caused a lot of problems. And I think they didn't draft a mellow ball just because they didn't want to go young at the one position. I think, you know, it's such a weird thing because I, I really think the Hornets really wanted Edwards, I think. And obviously Wiseman wanted nothing to do with us. He wanted to go to the Warriors, which is probably the best possible situation anybody can be in. And the Warriors actually had a phenomenal draft. I know they got Nico Mannion in the second round, which is absurd because he was a going into, you know, the college season last year, people said he was a top 10 pick. So that's pretty crazy if he pans out. I know he's a young kid. Um, LaMelo Ball, I think, would have been in a really good situation with us. I mean, if, if they're so high on bringing Ricky Rubio back, I think he is that same kind of player in a sense right now in, in this moment. Is Rubio probably a little bit more polished? Obviously, he's been around a lot longer. Um, but, I mean, LaMelo's 6'7", and who knows? He might have a couple more inches left to go. He's a young kid. And he's, he's just – he's flashy, like, and not trying to be flashy. 
I think he would have been a great fit with the Wolves just because, you know, they they would have a fresh breath of life. They would be athletic in every position. You know, uh, I just think there was no point to get Edwards because you had a first-round pick that was a guard forward last year in Culver. So why would you get another first-round pick guard forward in, in Edwards? Like, take LaMelo Ball, let him, you know, play with some of these good guys. But then again, now that I think about it, they probably didn't take him just because they have D'Lo. Yeah. But then he would have had to play behind D'Lo. Now I guess Edwards and Culver can kind of play for those, you know, guard forward reserve spot, starting spot. I don't know the situation, but it'll be interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. My guess would be that they're going to start Rubio with D'Lo. So, I mean, I feel like you could have swapped Melo for Rubio right there on the spot. And the weird thing is, is if if you're going to go with that Rubio-D'Lo lineup, that means you're going to be putting Edwards in at small forward, which he'd already be the smallest small forward in the league. And he's a guy who can't shoot. Or I don't want to say he can't shoot. He doesn't have a jump shot. He's a scorer. He's not a shooter right now. Not saying he won't develop that, but... Yeah, I agree. Um, it's interesting with Rubio because, you know, he's been playing professional for uh, quite some time now, and he's been getting better. You know, he's been in some good situations where, you know, he's played a different role on the team. I know when he first was with the Timberwolves, he wasn't really shooting the three ball at all. Now he's actually knocking it down, you know, with confidence and shooting it at a decent clip. So it'll be a solid, you know, piece back into the, the Wolves offense with Rubio, and he understands his role. He's been there before. So I think uh, him with the younger guys, it'll be, it'll be nice. It'll be a fast-tempo offense. And the NBA is trending into an NBA, you know, like a, a guard league, guard-heavy league. But who would have thought that the Wolves would be extremely guard-heavy without much shooting? I mean, you're talking about Rubio, you're talking about D'Lo, you're talking about Edwards, you're talking about Beasley, you're talking about McLaughlin, you're talking about, gosh, who else are, am, I, am I leaving out right now? I know there's a ton of guys that I'm already forgetting. Culver, Okogie. Um, I mean, where are the minutes going to go? We don't have any four. I mean, Wancho, who hopefully resigns. Uh, we just drafted that kid, McDaniels. Um, and then Lehman. But I, I, I think – I think the Wolves are probably going to go after a, a free agent, and I, I'm guessing some of the options are probably going to be like Paul Millsaps, uh, Jay Crowder, Jamichael Green. Probably hoping for a 3 and D guy there that can hopefully fit in well with Cat. Yeah, I agree. Um, it'll be very unique to see what they do, you know, in the, the free agent period, you know, signing uh, a new acquisition, but I mean, we're taking this small ball culture to a different level. You know, it's like you got all these guards on your roster. Like someone's going to have to play somewhere. You know, they're going to be doing a lot of run and gun. As I said, I'd I'd see them with a lot of tempo this year. But um, I guess we'll see, man. I'm I'm excited for the, the new kids on the block and looking forward to seeing what they can do. Yeah, no kidding. I mean... I, I I just would like the Wolves to start winning. I'm so sick of rooting for teams that are always losing here in Minnesota. 
Yeah, so any other uh sleepers in the draft that you that you caught you pay attention to? Any any big picks? I I really like the Devin Vasilvic with uh the Spurs. I like the Halliburton pick with the Kings. I love the Cole Anthony pick with the Magic. Um can't believe he slid. I I know he was injured a lot last year and still played through it and that's what caused him to to fall a little bit, but can't believe he fell to where he fell. Zeke Naji, love that with the Nuggets. I think he's in a great situation. Um, I, I still can't believe that Oturu fell to the second. I can't believe that uh, Trey, Trey Jones fell to the second. I can't believe that at all. And, and I mean, another cool pick that I thought was awesome, um, where Tyrese Maxey I think will be a really good one. And then uh, where are we going with this other one here? Other Minnesota boy, Tyrell Terry, the first pick in the second round. I thought that was awesome too. I think he's gonna be a good ball player. Yeah, that's a that's a steal for the Mavs. I know uh obviously he'll be playing behind Luca to start, but just to learn from someone who's, you know, first team all NBA as a what, nineteen, twenty year old. And yeah. it's it's insane, man. The the way that Luca puts on a show, you know, with his pace. You know, with his passing abilities, his scoring, it's it's insane. I can see Terry, you know, picking up on a lot of that and, you know, bringing a, a nice spark to their, their offense this year. I'm I'm shocked, man. The, the, another pick that I thought was crazy that fell so far was RJ Hampton. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, there was a lot of second-round picks that I thought could have easily been in the first round. Like, yeah. you know, uh, Oturu. Trey Jones for sure. Jordan Nuara went to the Bucks. There were some uh, pretty pretty good picks in there. I definitely Nico. thought there was yeah, Nico Mannion. I thought there were some first round picks that should have been swapped out for some second rounds, but what do I know? I don't know anything either, clearly. I, I was really surprised by that Peyton Pritchard pick and I, I think not that he's not a good ball player, I think he's a very good ball player, but I I think everybody's trying to hope they find the next Fred Van Vliet. And, and I think that's the reason why he got picked where he got picked. You know what I mean? Yeah, certainly. If Fred's didn't go off, I don't think that dude is a first round pick. I just don't think it would have happened. I agree, man. I, I agree. Obi Toppin falling to eight was pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I was very surprised that he was eight. Like, um, I know the Cavs had Isaac uh, Okuru from Auburn, I believe. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think he was as impressive to be a number five pick. Like, I think him and Obi could have swapped positions and Obi could have went number five. But I feel like the Knicks is a better fit for Obi rather than the Cavaliers would have been. I wonder, so, if I, mean, the big, it, it I wonder if the big thing there was age. You know what I mean? Because I think what Obi is what four years older than him. Um, I'm not sure the the age. Let me take a look quickly. I think, I think he's four or five years older than than Isaac. Oh yeah, Isaac was born in 2001. That makes me feel old, man. Saying that, <laughs> 2001. Obi was born in 98. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was the only thing that hurt Obi, but I think he was a late bloomer. Yeah, he he was for sure. 
but he's man ultra athletic. Yeah, very athletic. I think his old man used to play for the Globetrotters, actually, or something like that. I believe it. Um. Well, let's. I mean, what do you think of a free agency going on? I know Gordon Hayward is. You know, he wants out of Boston. The Knicks are trying to do a big push. Indiana's trying to do a big push. Yeah, uh, that will be very unique. I don't know who's all on the board right now for free agency, but Hayward opting out, that's huge. Um, negotiation period starts at six 5 p.m. today, so we'll see what happens, man. I see Golden State are starting to waive some players. I think they just waived Kai Bowman. They just brought in Kelly Oubre. I, mean, I feel bad. Clay Thompson just tore his Achilles. Um, but they plug in Kelly to, to help kind of replace that. I know they got some trade exceptions, too. That I know they only used part of that. I think it was like 17-point-something million, and they only used like 14 of it for Kelly. And then I know they got a mid-level exception. They're also going to have a – I think what's it like a 9.8 million injury designation to replace clay so i mean they're going to be able to put a roster together still and it, you add wiseman you subtract clay um you add kelly you still got wiggins you got draymond and of course you still have steph curry who i think keeps you in any game at any time so i think they'll be a very strong strong team yeah there'll even be opportunity for nico to see the floor now that you know Clay's off. Steph, you know, he's going to need a backup at some point. He'll 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 have that kind of Quinn Cook role when he was with the the Warriors. He'll he'll see the floor. He'll get some opportunities to to play to grow. So it'll it'll be a good one. I'm looking Wanted forward to, to seeing a lot of young guys. I, I want to say that I really like Golden State's draft, but I also love the Spurs, which is your team. I mean, yeah, Shane man, Jones. huge, huge. You guys got two first rounders. Technically, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I know I'm gonna have to go snag a Trey Jones jersey now. You know, shout out to the Minnesota kid. I'm gonna have to get him on the podcast too. I think we can we can pull that together. That'd be sweet. And then I mean, Devin Vassell. I think he's a stud too. I think I think both picks are steals. Definitely. And then as I was mentioning before uh, to you in the, in the private messages, I just feel like they're going to a, a solid organization that has good structure, great coaching, good history. And they're going to, they're going to do something special, man. They have a very young team. I mean, the vets are, you know, Aldridge and DeRozan, but you know, we still got a young core around all those guys. So I think I think Pops is going to try to get one last ring here before he rides off into the sunset, and I think it's going to be in the very near future. I don't know if it'll be this season, but I don't think we're very far away from him constructing another great year, which I I, I always like watching what Pop does. Yeah, it's been a it's been a tough year this past year. We had some injuries we battled, and along with that, we also. You know, had a lot of young guys out there, you know, learning the system, getting better. I know, uh, you know, pretty much all of our positions, you know, have been pretty, pretty light. You know, DeRozan, he's had his challenges. I'm not sure how long he'll be around. I think this is his last year with the Spurs. 
Aldridge is also on the verge of, you know, making a move somewhere at some point. And we're just, you know, cherishing the moments we have with Pop left. We don't know how many years he's going to coach and, you know, win or lose. You know, it's 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 great seeing him out there. And usually his uh, post-game interviews are always hilarious. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited for this new young team and what they put together. I'm also excited to watch Trey grow because I think, you know, going from Coach K to Pop is going to be a very easy transition. And, again, I – I know he's probably sad he didn't go in the first round, but I think fit is a very important part of of being successful in the NBA, and I think he found a phenomenal fit for him, and I think he's going to kill it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, going from Coach K, you know, that was structure. You know, although you had the most talent in the country on your team, it was still one of the most structured programs in the country now going from coach k over to pop you're leaving structure for structure you know pop likes to play a certain way the same as coach k you know he he expects his guards to run the show you know same as pop and coach k are the same same person technically (laughs) just a different just a different level you know they're both fun they're both funny when they need to be i think uh, Pop is obviously a little more outgoing with what he says, and you know, but he's on a professional level in the NBA. And Coach K is, you know, molding young guys to be, you know, great, great men and great athletes. You know, before we get into the NFL, I know you had a little hot take that I know a lot of Gopher fans are going to be upset about, but I think you said it was a, a pretty darn good bet. So why don't you run it by us real quick? Um, so pretty much the game today, we have Purdue at Minnesota. Of course, we have the, the spread going on for all of our sports gamblers, and Purdue is favored by one and a half. And the way that the Gophers are playing right now, I think that would be a great time to fade the Gophers. So we will lean on Purdue minus one and a half. Sorry for all of our Minnesota listeners, but... You know, we all like to, to make money instead of lose it. <laughs> and, and Minnesota has not been making us any money. And there. Therefore, defense is minus one and a half. Yeah. I, I think you're right, man. I, I hope people aren't mad at us for saying that, but I think that's a great take. Should we get into some of your NFL bets? Yeah, let's, uh, let's slide over to NFL and see what we got on the Week 11 card. Last night, we saw the Cards and the Seahawks battle. The Seahawks beat them 28-21. Um, I think Kyler Murray was obviously slowed down because I think he had an AC joint sprain in his throwing arm. Um, he he must have kept that thing warm as the game went on because he actually played better, but his first half was atrocious. And, you know, Seahawks ended up pulling it off. Yeah, it was a very competitive game. Um, you know, the NFC is is tough in their division over there, and they had the same record. They had a lot to to lose a piece. They had, you know, uh, Arizona won in overtime last time they they matched up, and I, this is one of those games where you just knew Arizona wasn't going to win twice. I, I had I had the gut feeling that Seattle was going to you know bounce back and get the win, and they happened to cover the spread at the same time. 
You know, I, I was still kind of sad, though. It's been like three straight games. Like, Russ played pretty good last night, but he hasn't played well now in three games. He hasn't played exceptional in three games, which is worrisome for me if I'm a Seahawks fan. Yeah, the first uh, couple of weeks, he was putting up some ridiculous numbers, and I kind of wanted to put in a couple of dollars on MVP this year. You know, they were undefeated for a bit, and I think they started out like 3-0 and or 4-0 or something like that. And Russell's numbers were looking pretty Gotti. well. Very yeah. gaudy. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they've slowed down a bit. He's, you know, he's ran into a couple obstacles along the way, but it's a, it's a tight race right now. Yeah, that, I mean, Kyler was in the, the lead there for a minute, but I think uh, Patty Mahomes, he's got quite an easy schedule to finish out the year. I think he's going to end the year very, very tough, and I think he's going to let everybody know that he is the best quarterback in the league. I mean, the contract doesn't lie, so I will not disagree with that. He he has the, the players around him to help him prove that. And it's just some things you can't teach. I mean, that, that, kid, that kid is a is a phenomenal ball player. He's a freak. He's a freak. So another game, though, between me and you, we were talking off camera that I'm excited about, the Titans and the Ravens. The Ravens have been skidding for a while now. A lot of people are trying to say that Harba's in the hot seat. Um, I honestly feel like they're going to figure it out. And they're going to bust the Titans' ass and win and let everybody know, hey, we're still a good team. I mean, they got a great defense. I think last week the conditions did not favor them because they were falling behind a little bit and then it started raining. And Lamar Jackson is not the greatest passer. If you got to rely on him throwing the ball, it's probably not going to happen, especially if it's pouring. I agree. And he doesn't, I don't think he wears gloves either, so that doesn't help. But um, I did have a, a a prop bet, I think, uh, on that last game. And Lamar Jackson was over 14 and a half completed passes. So I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, the situations before halftime, you know, you got a minute on the clock, you need to get quick yards, you need to get out of bounds. Those short throws start adding up. And I think he ended up with 21 completions, if I'm not, if, if I'm correct. But yeah, those are the, the easy ones that you can just kind of bank on and cash out. I like it. I like it. And the Eagles and Browns, um, a lot of people are thinking the Browns are going to beat the Eagles, but Miles Garrett was just found with COVID today, so he's not going to be playing in the game. I definitely think that uh, bodes well for the Eagles, even though they're not playing the greatest, but I know they're finally getting a little healthy. I can see the Eagles pulling it off. Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky game. I'm looking at the lines currently, and it is a three-point spread in favor of the Browns. Without Miles Garrett, I don't know. That's I think tough. They need Miles, man. They need Miles. And I mean, the Eagles aren't that good themselves, honestly. Especially being a Cowboys fan, I don't. I don't care for any other team in the division, but our our entire division sucks. And just for that, just for me saying that, I would take the Browns money line. I will not take the points because the Browns are tricky when it comes to points. They'll miss an extra point screw you so 
We'll just take the Browns' money line. Okay, and then you got the Pats and the Texans. I want to say that most uh, former coaches from the coaching staff of the great Bill Belichick, Billy, um, usually beat Billy. They usually have a pretty damn good record against him. Uh, Bill O'Brien was fired, but there is still another coach that used to coach for Bill, Romeo Cornell. So between me and you, is this going to be an upset here? Is the Sean Watson going to ball out? Is this defense going to figure it out and stop the pass? I think so. Um, we have the Patriots, the road favorite, by two points. Um, I would take the two points with the Texans as the underdog at home. Okay. I, li- I like them in this position. The Patriots aren't that good. They, they, they caught a win, I think, last week that they should have won anyways, but I don't I don't I think the Texans they wake up this week. I think Watson brings out some firepower and they get the job done at home. Are the Steelers Ryan, gonna be right? Oh go ahead, my bad Q. I was, I was just saying ride in with the underdog that that right. game. Are the Steelers gonna be sleepy playing against the Jags? Two weeks ago they almost lost to Dallas. They should have lost to Dallas. Third, fourth-string quarterback, Dallas, too, by the way. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan, as I'll mention again. Um, I wasn't expecting us to win that game by any means, but I was expecting the Steelers to make a comeback when, when they did. Um, it is a 10.5-point spread for the Steelers. I was actually looking at the first-half lines. I don't know about the 10.5 just because – they can be iffy sometimes, so take the first half minus six and a half. I see the Steelers winning, at, or at least up by a touchdown by halftime. Okay. You got the Bengals in Washington, which hopefully Joe Burrow smacks them. That'd be a pretty fun game, but the Washington Redskins, well, Washington football team has a pretty cool nucleus, a very young, tough nucleus of uh, defenders. Um, Chase Young's leading the way, obviously. They still got Ryan Kerrigan. Um, They got basically all of Alabama as their linebackers and a few inside interior linemen as well. I think they could give Joe Burrow some problems, but I think he's mobile enough to still keep the play alive and hit his receivers down the field. Um, I think that will actually be a very fun game, and I expect the Bengals to win on my end, but I don't know what you think bets-wise, Q. So... We have the Bengals as the plus one underdog, and that's at even money. So I think the Bengals tighten up and pull out a victory here. I don't think the Washington football team, I don't think their offense is going to put together enough to win that game. I just feel like like the Bengals are starting to understand who they are despite the injuries that they have, but they're getting better game after game. Although they might not make the playoffs this year, they're they're doing a lot better than what their record shows. They've had a lot of close games. They've had a few blowouts as well, but I, I take uh, the Bengals underdogs today. Okay. We got the Lions and Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater might still play. It's up in the air. Um, he's got a, a sprained right knee. I think it's an MCL. Um, Lions quarterback Matt Stafford's playing with a broken thumb on his throwing hand. 
I believe Galladay is going to be out. It's still up in the air, but it looks like he's about to be out. Um, that could be an interesting game. Lions and Panthers. Uh, I really do like the Panthers. They have a very, <clears throat> very tight core. They have a lot of speed on the field. Um, we have the Lions minus two and a half on the road. I am not laying that. Take the the Panthers plus two and a half. I, I like the Panthers if Teddy plays. If Teddy doesn't play, I'm very, very weary of the Panthers. Is Christian playing? No. Christian's not playing. Mike Davis. But, I mean, Mike Davis has played like Christian. So you're not really having a fall off there. I'm just worried about the QB play. I think they've been super dangerous because Teddy's been able to spread the ball to DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and uh, Curtis Samuel. You know, he feeds them a lot. Yeah, either way of the quarterback, I'm going with the Panthers on this one. Okay. I don't I don't think the Lions just um I don't think they have enough. I think the Panthers are gonna be the aggressor at home. The other game that I think is uh very intriguing that I think will be an upset. I think the Saints are probably one of the most complete teams in the NFL, but of course Drew Brees is out with a few fractured ribs and a punctured lung. Um, and it sounds like Taysom Hill is about to get the start. I don't know if he's going to be that great of a passer and for that offense to really get going, you got to be able to make quick decisions and you got to be accurate with the ball and get the ball out quick. I don't know if that's him. I obviously between me and you, I think Jameis Winston is probably a better option. Um, but who knows? Maybe they're going to come out there and and Taysom's going to be playing the first series, and the rest of the way it's going to be Jameis. And they're just trying to throw the Falcons off their game plan. But the Falcons, to me, are a team that is a very, very low key upset team for the rest of the season. I think they're going to knock a lot of people out of the playoffs. I think they have a very talented roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And I think Raheem Morris, the interim head coach is playing for another head coaching job after this. So I think he's trying to get that team to win as many games as he can and say, Hey, look, I took this team that had no wins, took over for Dan Quinn and we balled out the rest of the year. Give me a job. I, I could see that also. Um, it looks like the Saints are a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm I'm leaning with the Saints at home. Uh, either way the quarterback goes, I think they get it done. I don't know about the three-and-a-half, but I would definitely take them money line this week. They're going to have a hard time keeping up with that Falcons offense that's finally healthy. I think Kelvin Ridley is finally back. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll just happen to see this this Sunday. We'll be texting. We'll be texting. <laughs> the Dolphins and the Broncos. Dolphins are hot right now. Broncos are not. <laughs> Three and a half. Dolphins favored. I'm 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 taking the Dolphins this week. They're they're looking good. Two has been playing well. The Broncos are just not a team. They're. They're still banged up. They're they're not healthy. They're not good. What about the uh, Jets Chargers? The Jets are a sneaky team. They can play okay at times, and the Chargers, 
They're a nine and a half point favorite. I would lay the points with the Chargers. The Chargers definitely can win by 10 points or more. They have a very solid defense, and their offense is okay as well. So uh, I would would lay the points. I would even look at the first half bet on that one. The first half line is minus six. So I would see the Chargers up by a touchdown in the first half. The Chargers, to me, observation-wise, seem as if they always start off hot and then they fade hard in the fourth quarter. Herbert seems to start off super hot in every game. Like, I mean, he should have beat Tom Brady in Tampa. And then they fell off yeah. right away at the end. You know what I mean? And it seems like he does that every week. Uh, do you know how happy I was when that happened? I had uh, the Buccaneers that game, and that was like the last game of one of my parlays. So you jumped up and That was amazing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was, I was so happy. And Brady made that comeback. <laughs> Goat him. <laughs> the other game that I really like is the Packers and Colts. I'm, you know, I don't like the Packers, so I'm really hoping the Colts throttle them. That's going to be a good one. They have the, the Colts favored by one and a half. And the Packers have been playing well, too. The Colts are a solid team as well. That'll be a very competitive game. Very. I don't think I'll even lay a bet on that one just because it'll be a very tight-knit game. Colts' defense is pretty darn good. Um, the Packers might be without Devontae Adams. They're already without Alan Lazard. I think they'd have to rely on their run game a lot. and The Colts happen to be a really good run defense, so I don't know how that'll work. Um, but again, Aaron Rodgers, if you have him in a game, I think you always have a chance. He's just one of them players, you know? Yeah, certainly. Uh, the boys and the Vikes, you know where I stand on this. I need my Vikes to bust your Cowboys up real good. I, I see that happening. Um, the Vikings are a minus seven favorite in this game at home. Our run defense is terrible. I don't see us stopping Dalvin Cook. You don't think the addition of the Red Rocket back is going to help? No. (laughs) It'll help, but I don't think it'll make the seven-point difference. I mean, he'll probably extend some drives that would have been three and out. So I don't know if that'll translate to points, but I guess we'll see. We'll see. I think that uh, that rookie one of them is gonna gonna rock Andy Dalton's world, man. I think that kid's gonna smoke him. I, I think if the draft was redone, he'd be the second second DN taken in the draft. The kids looked unreal. He's definitely a baller. Kid's been a stud. Um, we've also got the Chiefs and the Raiders, which is gonna be a good game. You know, division game. They always seem to play tough against each other. I think the Chiefs got it, but the Raiders, I think, will show up. And then the other one is the Rams and the Bucks. Some tough games. Um, we have the Buccaneers, minus four favorite at home versus the Rams. Rams are a good defensive team. I think that'll be a, a close one. 
Um, let me take a look at the first half line. The first half line, it looks like Buccaneers minus three. Uh, I would take the the Buccaneers on this one at home. I think, you know, Antonio Brown's getting a little more repetition. You know, the receivers are getting healthier. I know Godwin and Evans were battling some injuries earlier in the year. Some, uh, I think, hamstrings and not sure what Godwin was, was battling. I think ankle. I think they're getting healthier, and they're going to be a lot to to handle for a lot of these DBs. So I'll, I'll take the Buccaneers on this one. I like it. I like it. Well, it's a good show. I can't wait to see how everything turns out. I appreciate you always coming on the show each week. Q, my guy. It's always fun talking with you. Always, man. Let's, let's keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs>